Hey everybody, welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hithliday. I'm the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Adam Holland. How you doing? Uh, doing good. It's like right in the thick of hate week now, and uh, apparently I'm already getting some in my article, but uh, hey, that's what it's for, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, before you wrote that, you wrote a, a recap of the women's volleyball team. Uh, uh, they uh, took on the Rocky Mountain schools, uh, first Colorado and then Utah. Um, they swept Colorado, right? Yes, um, a sweep of Colorado, and then uh, they did lose one set to Utah, but just one. So they nearly made it out of the uh, of the mountain schools completely unblemished, which uh, is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, they were they were coming off of a, a, a tough loss to you know they they uh, they they beat up on Washington uh, the weekend before. Um, and then they lost to, to Washington state, which is like a top 10 team. So they're now like two and two against, um, you know, uh, uh, against top 10 teams, uh, that they've played, which, which, you know, is about, it, it means that Oregon is pretty much a playoff caliber team. The Washington state loss was like, you know, frustrating, uh, in the sense that like, it felt like they were making a lot of, um, mistakes, you know, like I didn't feel like they were sort of like. Oh, like this is the Washington state game. Didn't feel like I was watching a top 15 team versus a top 10 team where they were slowly, but inexorably getting killed by a team that was better than them. Like they were like, they were at multiple points, you know, they had the set point and then they like, they let it slip away from them due to like service fouls or other, like, you know, like sort of sloppy mistakes, which like they're playing at home, which is sort of like that's that's sort of inexcusable, you know, like they, they definitely need to tighten up. Like, I don't think this, you know, the way that they played against Washington State is not like win a national championship level performance, you know, like national championship teams don't make those mistakes. Um, like th that's sort of like a make the playoff and then go home, you know, level performance. But like sort of like fundamentally, you know, like what are the strengths, you know, the, the, the soundness of this team on the other, the, like, it's not like they got, got run off the court either, or they, or they, you know, were, uh, you know, a, a mere top 15 team facing a, a true, you know, power and they got, you know, squeezed out by a, a more dominant team. Like, no, it was a closely matched team in which like Washington state made fewer mistakes. And so therefore they, you know, they were able to claw back in the sets where they fell behind and Oregon, you know, also would claw back in sets that they fall behind, but then didn't close the deal, you know? So then it was like, well, how is Oregon going to bounce back? And the answer was, you know, they, they went on the road to Boulder and they crushed them, you know, like, so, you know, no, no psychological fall off, you know, you like to see that. And then, you know, they continued on their road trip to Salt Lake city and you wrote that up, you know, how'd they do? I, I think they did very well. Um, like I kind of pointed out, other other than the uh, the slip up in the second set, which was still pretty close, you know, twenty five twenty two, um, they really they they controlled it altogether. Um, it was just like you know each set they won by like eight or nine points. So yeah. it wasn't really like they were battling Utah down to the wire, like whoever's going to get separation in those last few kills or whatever. It was like no, they were in control, and so it was. Kind of like you know what i mean like almost like a gentleman's sweep 
per se. And so mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what I pointed out is that they really they haven't been taken to the to the limit. I mean, they had the loss to Washington State, but in all their wins versus conference opponents, they haven't been taken to the limit by anyone. They haven't been pushed to the fifth set. They've taken yeah. care of, you know, like teams in sweeps or or three one. And so, I mean, again, yes, the the loss to Washington State was was disappointing and upsetting. Uh, I do agree that it kind of it made them look more like a a strong playoff team rather than like a national championship team per se. Um, but aside from that, they really have shown a lot of power in conference. And so, um, yeah, that, that gives a lot of hope heading into next weekend when they're going to welcome another top 25 team in, in, uh, in Arizona state. Well, I mean, against Oregon state, UCLA, Colorado, Utah, and Washington, you know, the five conference teams that they've played who have been, you know, we it, let's just, you know, call a spade a spade. The teams that they're better at than they beat them up, you know, they, they, they either swept them or they, you know, they dropped one yeah. like close set where it was like, and eh, whatever, uh, you know, they, they, you know, even just like take care of business isn't even the right term. I mean, they beat them up, you know, like, you know, as you said in your article, like, you know, it, it, it was clean against Utah. I mean, they won every statistical category. It wasn't just points, you know, like they won in digs and assists, you know, they, they, they killed them in blocks, you yeah. know, it was like 14 to six in blocks, you know, like, uh, in, in kills, like everything, every statistical category, you know, like, True. and um, like that, that's kind of what you look at when you're talking about like national championship contending is you, right. you, you don't want to see just, the ability to win, but the ability to win soundly and the ability to just always take care of opponents that are, you know, beneath you. And right, so exactly. far, that's exactly what we've seen out of them. And and especially like coming off of like a tough loss and having to go on the road, like you could, there could be a letdown game, you know, like in a team that didn't have its head together or like wasn't, you know, prepared to contend, like they could take like a bubble bursting kind of loss, like they took you know, to, to Wazoo and like, let them, let Wazoo beat him twice. And like, did, you know, that didn't happen, you know, like Oregon was right back to form against Colorado yeah. and Utah, like right back to, to kill like at the same level or higher, mm-hmm. you know, as, as at the level that they, they took care of all their other, you know, weaker conference opponents and non-conference opponent foes, you know, like, uh, sure you know that you know right back to business and then you know like i said you know against and, and you said as well like uh against wazoo like it it was like you know it the you're not going to win a national championship playing that way like you can't make that those kinds of mistakes and win a national championship but at the same time like this is like fundamentally a team that deserves in the to be in the conversation for winning a national championship absolutely like like the way that they performed was not a like oh this is a you know a top 25 top 15 team at best you know and when they play you know uh, uh you know actual teams that are due for a national championship they crumble like it wasn't you know it wasn't crumbling it was like oregon was sort of killing themselves 
and at home, you know, it should be said, you know, like the, it's like, come on, you can't be doing that sort of, you know, dumb stuff at home. But like you can yeah. clean up dumb stuff by the time you're playing, you know, sets that matter, you know, at, at the end of the season and in the postseason. Like, yeah. you, you know, that's, you can you can't fix the structural stuff and you can't fix the sort of psychological team makeup, which is why it's relevant for us to look at like, how do they perform in some of these potential like letdown games, which is why we're talking about how they oh, yeah. do against the Rocky mountain schools. Yeah. And, and just, just with the, you know, the dominant nature that they avoided that. And now again, having a chance to kind of tackle some, some other high level teams coming up, uh, you know, you have, Arizona state coming into town and then the following weekend you have Stanford showing up again. Right. So, you know, that's like, again, they're just, they're getting into kind of like the, uh, the grind of the schedule now. And so we're, you know, we're getting into that second half where you make that push for the tournament. And uh, kind of like I mentioned, you know, this is, you know, going to be the start of pushing towards getting that higher seed kind of like, you know, being kind of like one of those top dogs. Now there's still a lot of games to be played, um, like, you know, like you said, are, are they a clear cut? Like, oh, this team is just waltzing into the final four. It's just not going to be. No, but I mean, is it like this team could be there? You could see this team there? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody saying that they, you know, are saying like, ah, no, I just don't see the, you know, the keys to this, this team doing it. The way they've been winning, um, and of course, you know, led by like a, a super superstar player. That's always nice to have. You have, you know, Mimi Kyler, who's like just clearly, you know, one of the best players in the nation. And so, when you have someone like that leading you forward, and uh, you're showing the kind of like bounce back ability and dominance that's expected of teams that are supposed to make a deep run, then I think you have every reason to believe that they could be a very, very strong force headed into the tournament. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so like you mentioned, they, they've got Arizona State coming into town next, you know, next weekend uh, that, you know, they're ranked number 19. Um, and then the weekend after that, they've got Stanford coming into town. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure where they're ranked, but, you know, it's pretty high. They, they have the same, you know, record as Oregon. They're they're I, I think, 13 and two, you know, and, and like they have a similar like sort of. Uh, a profile you know where they yeah. they've beaten some some top 10 you know some ranked teams you know that like they they beat number seven texas they beat you know minnesota they beat ohio state um you know but they you know the two the two losses that they have are are uh you know also to top 10 teams right like they lost to number eight florida you know they they lost to uh to number four stanford um or excuse me uh to, to number four nebraska um you know, at home, right. You know, and they lost it to, to Florida at home, you know, so like, you know, yeah, like, well, you know, it's, I mean, that's probably what it's going to come down to, you know, in the, in the couple meetings between those two teams is they're going to be kind of battling it out for conference supremacy. I mean, right, that is, exactly. As yeah. long as you don't see like a letdown against Arizona state or something like that. Right. Exactly. So like, well, I mean, Arizona State's going to be, you know, t tough, co tough, tough competition. It's a ranked team, but like, you know, Stanford is like the obstacle to get to, you know, that that's that's the the number one opponent, you know, to go through um, in the Pac-12. And it's just sort of like eerie how like similar their profile, you know, they went with Oregon to the Big Ten Pac-12 cha challenge and played like, I think, almost exactly the same opponents, um, too. Uh, and and um, 
and, and yeah, like, you know, um, and like their, their losses are sort of structured in the same way that, you know, they have home losses, you know, uh, you know, Oregon's other losses at the big 10 Pac-12 channel, uh, uh, challenge, but like, you know, Stanford's lost at home, you know, like Oregon yeah. has, you know, and mm-hmm. so sort of like, you know, uh, it, it's kind of eerie how much the makeup of these two teams, you know, are very similar. So we're really looking forward to, you know, to that game and sort of keeping your head, you know, screwed on, uh, on straight, you know, is going to be vital, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and so, you know, doing things that you know as you wrote in your article like beating up on the rocky mountain schools is pretty essential to that um yeah. all right okay let's take a break uh when we come back we'll talk about uh the article you wrote about uh, uh washington football's defense <laughs> or lack thereof <laughs> So your part of article seems to have had the uh, intended effect. Um, you, uh, yeah, you, I think so. <laughs> you, you made fun of Washington's defense. Uh, you, you got, I, I think, a Washington fan to show up in the comments section. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. You know, that's when you well, know you've tickled the twine, you know. I guess you did so by having like an inaccurate fact in your article about like Arizona leading during the game, which, which the, the Husky in the, the comment section is correct about. They never did. I don't know. Like you, you must have a terrible editor for letting you publish that. Um, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can be inflammatory. You shouldn't get your facts wrong, man. Like, why did I, why did I let you publish that? Um, uh, uh, I mean, I generally agree with the premise of your article, though, which is sort of, you know, both of these teams have excellent offenses and it's probably going to come down to who gets some stops. And uh, and like if you, you know, and hey, Oregon's gotten stops and in, in, in Washington is sort of like the way they've been operating is just to put the games into garbage time so fast that like it doesn't that teams aren't able to exploit washington's defensive deficiencies and so like it, it hasn't mattered you know that they give up points because like well washington's just scoring more uh and also like opponents have been like one-dimensional in attacking them like they have to throw the ball to try to keep you know keep up and so that sort of you know it creates creates problems you know so so like i, I sort of agree with the, the the premise of your article but like do you really think that washington has no defense man no I I was <laughs> I was just I was just you know tossing feathers by by kind of like taking shots at them during hate week. Of course they have a defense. I mean, even though Michigan State is so you know dysfunctional and downtrodden at this point, like you you saw it against them. You know they still held them to seven points the whole game in East Lansing. So it's not like they don't have a defense. You know Boise State wasn't even able to get twenty. Um, I think just what what, what I'm seeing though is that. <clears throat> at least from a standpoint of like how, how much does that defense come into play in your wins? Like is the defense, the star of the show? Um, when you, when you look at Oregon, at least for the last two games, uh, you could definitely say the defense was the star of the show. That's why I kind of chose the conference games to look at as a little more of a measuring stick. Non-conference is always kind of like tick for tack, you know, it's tough to tell. Uh, but conference games usually, do a pretty good job of telling the story. So essentially what I'm looking at is just like, is, is, you know, which, which, which unit is shining. I mean, 
is the Oregon's offense doing well? Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Bo Nix is putting up incredible numbers. Their, their offense looks fluid. It looks, you know, uh, but the difference is, is that Oregon's defense, at least the last couple of games is actually like outshining their offense. And that's yeah. not saying the offense isn't good. That's just saying the defense is, 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 is the star of the show with Washington. Um, kind of like you pointed out, it's just very much like, no, the defense is never the star of the show. The defense is just, it's, you know, it's there and everything, but you know exactly how they're going to win. And that's by scoring a lot of points is by throwing the ball. So um, when you look at that, you look at the, you know, the ability of like the receiving corpse along with like a Heisman candidate um, quarterback, because each team has great receiving corpse and a Heisman candidate quarterback then it's like, okay, what's, what's the major factor going to be who can get stops, who can, you know, force punts, who can keep the other team out of the end zone, at least from what I've seen in the conference games, it looks like Oregon's defense is more equipped to get some stops. Again, I don't, I don't expect them. They're not going to hold Washington to six points like they have the other teams, but they're more likely to get stops in my opinion, than Washington's is, at least from what I've seen so far. Yeah, the thing that was weird about, like, I, I, I don't know, like, you know, the, the thing that's weird about sort of their non-conference, you know, Tulsa and Michigan State have just, like, total garbage, you know, offenses, you know, um, that, I mean, like, you know, Michigan State situation is just, like, just bonkers right like they played them right after mel tucker got fired they put in like a a backup court in fact like i think they played a backup quarterback in every game that they yeah they played which is like kind of like nutty um and i mean like i've watched you know that film we'll, we'll talk about that in my film study of washington in the third segment but just like you know you're i you're sort of you know you in your article was sort of expressing some skepticism about the opponents that they played and, I, and like that doesn't really figure into my film study articles because i just sort of like i treat you know if you played an fbs opponent it all sort of like comes out in the wash but like it it was yeah but i you know in agreeing with what you were saying in your article like yeah man like i, I wasn't really treated to to some like great tape out of those quarter like boise state in f plus is like you know ranked high but that's because they have a good running back you know and, and like they and in that first game they didn't really realize they had a good running back like his name's john t and like they didn't figure that out until week two like they weren't really using him that much against washington and then like cal oh my god like i gotta watch more cal film later it's just so bad and oh my god like I can't st- like Cal is offense is just such like basic bitch offense stuff. Like they hired Spavital and they're, they're like, Oh my God. It's just, I don't want to watch it. Like it's so like, I have to, because it's like, it's the, you know, it's, it's the game that Oregon plays, you know, later in the season. And so I'm going to have to watch more of their team. And it's like relevant to like, the, you know, like, like when Oregon plays Utah, I think the game right before they play Utah is the Cal, the Utah Cal game. So like that game is going to figure heavily, you know, into it. And so I'm going to be like, man, I got to watch Utah Cal. I got I to yeah. watch the hell out of Utah Cal, man. I got to watch the hell out of Utah Cal because like, you, you know, Oregon's going to play Utah and then Cal, you know, in pretty short order. And so the Utah Cal game is going to figure into my, my articles about both Utah and Cal. So I got to like watch the shit out of that game. And like, I don't want to, (laughs) like, I don't want to watch either of those teams, man. I mean, 
I'm watching Utah without Cam Rising is pretty darn painful. I mean, like watching Utah yeah. at all is painful because it's painful, but without Cam Rising, it's it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, and like all of their injury, you know, sort of like luck is catching up to them like all at once. You know, like it's sort of you know I don't want this is like kind of a gross thing to say. I realize this, but like. Utah for like a couple of years went through this, you know, because like Utah's roster management is sort of, it's a little precarious in the sense that like they, they don't, they, it's not like they're overflowing with talent, right? You know, it's not like they, they've got yeah. a bunch of like, no, you know, they were just winning like, through grit and strategy pretty much. Yeah. It, it, well, it's not like they're Georgia or something like that. You know, this team where they've got like, well, I've got like five star, like five, five stars at every position. And so if like one of those five stars isn't working out or gets hurt or something, well, I'll just plug in one of the other, you know, five stars at that position. Like Utah's not like that. It's like they got to take, you know, a bunch of dudes and who are just dudes, you know, there's just like their auto mechanics and, and, you know, so forth. And then like, <laughs> you know, and then, get their hands on. yeah. And, and then just like, well, I, I have like 12 guys at every position, you know, because like they're all walk-ons uh, and, uh, and like one of them will work out, you know, one of them will turn out to be a diamond in the rough. And like, that's how my team is composed. But then like, if that guy gets hurt, it's like, uh Oh, you know? And, and so, I'm I'm not trying to really throw shade at him or anything. I'm just saying that like that's it's a bit of a precarious situation, and yet they made it to the end of uh, of several years from like 2019 through 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 2022, in which like they they even though that was precarious, they didn't really you know uh, uh, wind up having to you know get get bit by that and then but then it all it all just happened in 2023 it was like like you know four years of injury good relatively i'm not saying they never had an injury i'm aware that they've they've had to have some of it but relatively you know good injury luck just suddenly came crashing down on them in 2023 it's like they all paid had to pay the piper all at once and like yeah oh boy it's just terrible and then like cal is just cal and so anyway all of this has been to say like yeah a substantial portion of the film that i have against washington is them playing cal and it's like i don't like this and then like yeah man the best like offense that they played has been arizona with like a backup quarterback who's like just five foot two you know and like he's he's got a lot yeah, of moxie. It, doesn't really, it doesn't really make for like a elite competition per se oh and speaking of uh inflammatory articles i i i, I piled on I, I sent out just before we hopped on recording i sent out an in, inflammatory tweet of my own which was uh uh fun fact uh washington is the only pac-12 team one out of 12 uh, that has been flagged for defensive pass interference in every single one of their games. Uh, <laughs> and that's not yeah. even against the league quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly, man. It's just like their, their defensive backs, like just keep, keep, and it's like, it's not just like one guy who has a problem with it. It's like every single one of their defense. Like that was the sort of remarkable thing. Like I kept in the video. Oh, and that was the thing about the tweet is that I, included the video of all nine of those flags yeah you heard me right it's nine defensive pass interference flags against across five games because like every game it's multiple flags and so i kept the referee announcing them and so you can see that it's like each time it's a different dude um and uh so like yeah man like i'm not really sure that their defensive back room has gotten any better you know they keep committing dpi like and giving up yeah. you know 
and like and 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 they're not garbage time it's not like backups what one of them is actually the the third one against boise state is deep into garbage time but the rest of them aren't it's meaningful play um and like yeah like you know there's two of them against arizona that like are are why the game is like you know tight late is because they like kept mm-hmm. drives you know or one of them is kept drive alive the other one happens in the end zone and puts the the ball in the two-yard line that arizona goes on to score a touchdown you know yeah. like uh, shooting themselves in the foot pretty much and you yeah, know if you, you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot against a uh another top 10 team well see how that votes for him yeah so it's like hey man you're not playing great quarterbacks and and you can't cover these guys without committing dpi and like literally 11 out of 12 other pac-12 teams have managed to play clean games you know like come on uh you know or oregon had a bit of a problem in one game and then they haven't had a you know none like they haven't like i believe they've had zero pass interference calls since like even in garbage time you know in 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 their subsequent games you know it looks like my pep talk that i gave them after lubick really fired them up yeah um so anyway like i i generally agree with your like who knows how it's going to play out but i generally agree with your premise that like this game is probably going to be decided by who has a better defense not like who like marginally has a better offense um so yeah go 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 yeah you know that's just what it's going to come down to i at least just looking at it from you know the standpoint of like what each team has to offer yeah because like i said it's you know both teams have incredible quarterbacks they're great receiving cores um you know like they have offenses that can put points on the board what's the difference going to be and another thing that's that's good to see too uh that you saw kind of like play itself out in the colorado game is that Washington also does not statistically have very good run defense. Um, and then when you had Colorado coming in with not a good run defense against Oregon, I you saw the result. You know, yeah. that's really, we're just kind of able to like run wild on them. And so like... Well, yeah. And, and it means that if Oregon does through whatever factor manage to get a lead in the game or, you know, yeah, the, the sort of the versatility to... I mean, that's really, I think, you know, just sort of structurally, like, is the advantage that Oregon has in this game is that it's a multidimensional team, right? Like their offense can function in multiple ways. You know, they have they have multiple kinds of passing attacks, right? You know, it, it's not just it's it, it's not just a single type of passing attack based on like pre-snap reads. You know, it's also, you know, the, the quarterback can go through the progressions, hit the deep ball, hit shorter stuff. They can throw screens. They can throw the RPO stuff. They can, you know, run the quarterback if they need to or, or, or scramble, you know, but they can also like run the ball. They can run short, you know, they, they can, they can do power running, you know, uh, you know, for, for efficiency, you know, in short yardage situations, they can break off big runs, you know, like it's a, it's a multidimensional offense you know whereas you know washington's offense it really just sort of looks like one thing um and, and to the extent that arizona forced them to go horizontal in their offense like it it worked well enough against arizona to 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 allow washington to march down the field but it was really just against like arizona's like i'm not joking about this number 80 ranked you know defense in f plus where like the defender wasn't you know they throw washington would throw the check down 
and then you know it would the, the slow ass untalented Arizona defender would take forever to get over to the checkdown, and so the, like the checkdown would get like six or seven yards by the time the defender would get over there. And it's like when when Washington's going to play more talented defenses, like the defender is going to get over there a lot faster. And that means that, you know, that that's not going to be a successful check down. That's going to be like a tackle for loss or like, you know, yeah. one or two yards, you know, and, and that's going to like significantly change the calculus. Um, if, if those defenses are able to like force them to go horizontal, you know, so like that's, I mean, sort of structurally the big advantage that Oregon, you know, looks to have, you know, is just that they're multidimensional and then, defense which is what we're actually supposed to be talking about on this podcast is that like yeah like like well you know what let's say this for the third segment let's take a break uh and we come back we'll talk about some of the things that i've noticed in charting uh washington's uh defense So the major thing I've I've completed charting uh, Washington's defense, um, uh, well, and their offense as well. But I'll talk about that in the next podcast, um, and when I write my article for Friday morning. Um, the the thing that I notice about Washington's defense, and and you touched on it in the second uh, segment, um, is that like their defense against efficiency running is actually very poor. Um, it's only about a thirty thirty seven point three percent. Um, defensive success rate against efficiency running, Um, meaning uh, opponents, you know, uh, during meaningful play, uh, given the down and distance, succeed on their run plays on about 63% of the time, which like, in other words, they make their opponents look like they have championship caliber rush efficiency. Um, even though, look, man, Cal does not have championship caliber <laughs> rush efficiency. No, you really? know, and, and, and Michigan State doesn't either, and neither does Tulsa. Boise State does, because uh, yeah. Jaunty's really good, but like they didn't even figure out they had Jaunty at that point. And Arizona actually, you know, like we all watched them play USC and and uh, and, and and Coleman just like embarrassed USC. Although lots of teams, you know, embarrass Alex Grinch's defense. Um, <laughs> but like uh, anyway, like it's definitely not true of Tulsa, Michigan State, or Cal. Um, any anyway, um, the the thing that's interesting is that what Washington has done pretty well against the five teams that they've played has been um, limit the yardage that they get. Um, so like they'll let you get like five yards because well for a variety of reasons you, you know, I will get into it when when my article is published but like just the statistical overview um they'll let you get like the, those five yards or so on efficiency runs and let you like keep marching down the field but where they they sort of like they they play the, the way that they play their defensive backs back uh, they come down and they'll kill that run. Um, and also because the offenses they've been playing have been very unsophisticated um, and have yeah. not been like manipulating the defenses with like RPOs and stuff. It's like those backs are always right there. Like they they pay no, their, their defensives paid no price for, for keeping the defensive backs like hanging around in the middle of the field to come down and stuff the run. And it's sort of, I, I think it's an opportunity for Oregon to sort of punish them, like to manipulate the defense, which I can tell you from charting all of will stein's games that like boy yeah i think he's really gonna gonna have some 
some some stuff to work with there but like we'll just have to see how that goes anyway um my, my point being that like it's interesting because they're rush you said something in the second second segment that was very interesting which is washington's efficiency rush defense which is that they did terribly against the run but it's interesting because that's half true and half not true their defense against efficiency running has been terrible their defense against explosive running has been excellent they they, def, they you know so they, they let you have those five yard runs but then they they like don't they hardly ever let you get 10 yard runs um or anything more than that um like well, again, though, they haven't they haven't had a Bucky Irving to deal with. Right. Exactly. So so, you know, we'll we'll see if that holds up. But I can tell you just like structurally, at least against the offenses that they faced, um, that that's that's sort of that's their game, though, like that. That's their game plan is that like they're they're sort of they, they, they that's what they they that's sort of intentional. Like, I don't think they intend to give up five yard runs. They would prefer to stop them, but like, they're sort of okay with it. Um, if, if they have, yeah, to but make- I mean, the thing is, is that if they're going to give up those kind of runs against Oregon, that's going to open up play action. pass, right. And well, they, they certainly have not had anybody like Bo Nix throwing the ball against them yeah sort of how how that synergy plays out or how like potentially it could be manipulated with rpo stuff like yeah those are those are some potential things as well which they have not been tested against given the sort of like unsophisticated nature of the offenses they played so far and we will just have to see um how this defense deals um with them um we you know with oregon uh i we really will you know the film to date has not been very illuminating about that you know if you go back to the 2022 film you know it uh they can be manipulated but here's the other thing is sort of how the offense inter- or washington's offense interacts with washington's defense is that they usually put teams into garbage time or 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 not garbage time into like into a hole so fast i mean hell cal was behind 14 points before michael Penix set you know set foot on the field you know it's so it's so yeah. ridiculous <laughs> you know like that's how would just been the pattern in all of their games is like teams or opponents are operating from behind so like even though washington you know on the but like i know what the per play numbers are like they're not an illusion they they you know against efficiency running you know washington's very poor it's just it hasn't mattered you know because like teams aren't able to punish them for it because like they they abandon the run you know like even arizona Arizona didn't abandon the run because they were, they actually like, they gutted up. Like they, they, they were playing from by, they were behind by 10 points or more for like 87% of snaps in that game. Um, but like they still ran at their normal frequency. It's just the thing about, and like, that's a good part of the reason why they were sort of going on long drives against Washington and keeping the ball out of their, uh, out of Michael Penix's hands, which is like a yeah. good strategy, you know, against them. It's just and it got the, them back into the game too. It's just the, the sort of the problem uh, uh, with Arizona is that like 
their normal frequency for running is only about one third of the time, which is foolish on Jedfish's part. They they really ought to be a much more balanced team, um, especially with Noah Fafita. You know that they're like Munchkin quarterback. Like it doesn't make and with how quality their running backs are. Like I really don't understand. Like if you have the guts to run, even when you're operating at a deficit, then you ought to have the guts to run, you know, like I don't. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's that man. And uh, the 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 the, in my 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 point being that Washington has this this defensive deficiency that no one has really it's clear on it's very clear when you examine, you know, their numbers. It's not clear when you look at the scoreboard. but Oregon is is a team that's positioned to take advantage of it for yeah. reasons that should be fairly obvious. It's just, you know, but of course I can't predict the future. I I can't I can't know. They did go on that like that that massive death drive against them last year, you know, that like 16 run drive, you know. Um, so yeah. like, you know, that could be in the cards. And then, and then in terms of like Washington's like pass defense, like it has gotten a little better, you know, last year it was just like catastrophic, um, but like, but like it was catastrophic for reasons that were sort of expected. Like Jimmy Lake had really, you know, sabotaged them, you know, he did just a a garbage job recruiting, which is crazy because he was the defensive backs coach who had recruited while he was the defensive backs coach for under Chris Peterson. And then later the defensive coordinator under Chris Peterson, he had recruited a bunch of great defensive backs, like NFL caliber dudes, you know, like he put a bunch of dudes in the NFL. Like it was so crazy. And then when he takes over just immediately recruiting goes into the toilet and and they just like don't for defensive backs and they just get like none of those guys to the point where yeah. you know the last the the last year he's at, at the, the the or the first year that Kalen DeBoer takes over he's he's like playing nothing but walk-ons because those guys just all go to the NFL maybe it's it was like, those grueling academic standards they have up there <laughs> yeah, maybe but you know so it's a bunch of walk-ons and then they get hurt. And so it's like, well, yeah, man, you go from, you know, a bunch of NFL first rounders to walk-ons who get hurt. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a fall off. Um, but then the crazy thing is, you know, they got one dude through the transfer portal, uh, uh, a Muhammad from um, from Oklahoma State who hasn't been bad, you know, but like, but that was it. You know, otherwise it's like, you know, a Juco and then they sort of shuffled around the defensive back room. You know, they, they had like one cornerback switch to the Husky defender, which is like an ironic name it has nothing to do with the Washington Huskies. The name like greatly precedes the, the defensive structure coming to Washington. It's just ironic that it, or, or coincidental that, that that it happens to be that the Washington nickname is the Huskies. Anyway, it's sort of a hybrid linebacker defensive back position. Um, So they moved like one of last year's cornerbacks to a Husky. They moved two of the Huskies to be defensive backs, uh, you know, like deep, safeties it's sort of like reshuffled you know their defensive backs um but like you know other than like one new face they didn't go like like they didn't look at the fact that they had like the number 70 ranked defense in f plus and say oh hell we need to overhaul this you know yeah the the way that a bunch of teams did like say arizona for example you know like arizona was a team that had oh god like i was on the hundreds i think in terms of f plus and what did arizona do they they like literally everyone every single person in their defensive front jedfish showed the door i think there's one guy and i don't even think that guy's getting playing time um 
who's on who's uh, in their like I'm not even talking about guys who are playing. I'm talking about like in the room for Arizona in their interior defensive line, their edges or their uh, linebackers uh, uh, in 2023, who was on their team in 2022. He completely cleared it out, which is like, in which my is what opinion, you got to do when you're that bad. Exactly. If you have a terrible <laughs> defense, clear it out. And yeah, like, exactly. If you got and, a terrible and, anything, you got to clear it out. It's yeah, not like yeah. it's not like Sanders was going to come into Colorado and be like, "All right, guys, I'm going to work mean, with Ari- the same team that you know." Yeah, exactly. I mean, Colorado's more extreme because Colorado is bad on both sides of the ball. Arizona had a good offense, so there was no, you yeah. know, like you know, Arizona. I think was like 25 in in F plus, right? They had like Jacob Cowing and Tedder Millen, and you know, they they had a good, you know, great running backs. Like, there's no reason for them to clear out their offense, you know. But their defense was terrible, so we cleared out the defense, and I was like, "Yo." That's what you do in this environment, you know, where the NCAA has lifted the initial counter cap and liberalized all the transfer portal rules. It's like, yeah, that's how you do, Jed. And like I was on a bunch of podcasts over the summer where people were like, oh, this is going to be, you know, same old trash, you know, Arizona defense. And like, look, they haven't, you know, graded out, you know, that fantastically, you know, or anything, you know, in F plus, like I said, they're they're only 80, but like it's an improvement by, I think, like 40 ranks, yeah. you know, in, in, well, in you, you see that too. And, and holding, look what they just, holding holding Washington. Yeah, you know, I mean, look what I, you want to say holding Washington thirty one, but I mean, when you're talking about Penix and his receivers, then look what they just did to Washington. Look what they just did to USC. And here, here's the other thing. You know, I had a bunch of people over the summer who was just like, "Well, Johnny Nansen, Arizona's defensive coordinator. I think that guy is a clown. You know, I think that guy doesn't know what he's doing." And I was like, "Hold up, how do you know that, that guy doesn't know what he's doing? He was playing with a bunch of bad players." Like, how do you know it wasn't just yeah. the bad players, you know? And now that he's cleared it out, like, you know, maybe we'll see he comes up with something, like, really innovative. And what does he do? Comes up with something really innovative, right? He's been playing this seven defensive back structure, you know, that, like, really kind of stymied, you know, Washington. And then it really kind of stymied, you know, USC. You know, they'd shut down USC for, the, like, USC scored zero points in the first quarter. USC, you know? <laughs> Raining high school. Well, I mean, there's a reason I put quotations ar- uh, around almighty yeah. on my description of USC, but we can talk about that. And look, Wazoo's playing, uh, Wazoo's playing Arizona this coming week. You know, Wazoo's another team that only wants to throw the ball. You know, they're probably going to do it again. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, man, you know, I was, I, it's not like I was saying Arizona is going to be the greatest defense in the world, but I was saying this is what you do when you have a bad defense and you don't automatically defense the defense, dismiss the yeah. defensive coordinator as a moron, you know, because he might have some tricks up his sleeve and maybe he was just shackled by having bad defensive players. And now that he's, you know, they've changed out the defensive players, it's time to like reevaluate them with, with I'm, with I'm, some- I'm glad, I'm glad that we went down to Tucson last year, not this year. I'll say yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so on the other hand, they do have to go play Arizona State in the desert. Uh, and like, I don't know, maybe K- Kenny Dillingham, like maybe, maybe Dan Lanning hasn't changed his passwords. Like change your passwords, <laughs> Dan Lanning. Um, any, a- anyway, the uh, 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 anyway, I got I, I, I started talking about this because I I was sticking up for Jed Fish in the offseason. Not 100 percent of the stuff that he did in the offseason. I'm not like his biggest defender in the world. Uh, you know, I disagree with a lot of the stuff that he's done. But at least on that question, if you had a bad squad, c- clearing them out, 
uh, and trying some new stuff is what you're supposed to do. And, and I noticed that at a couple different, you know, places. And I was like, you know, credit where credit is due that you're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to do. And then at other places that I've, you know, examined their rosters over the summer where they like, they felt like they had, a, they'd done a pretty good job and they trusted their, you know, their development and their process and their conveyor belt and so forth. Like, you know, to be honest, it's mostly teams at a conference, like, Georgia, you know, yeah. Ohio State. It's and, okay to uh, trust the process when you have four and five star recruits. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's like, you know, those guys don't take a ton of transfers. You know, they don't overhaul their, you know, but even no, teams they like, don't, you know, they don't need to. But even teams that aren't teams like that, like I also recently studied Texas Tech in North Carolina, you know, which are not mm-hmm. like, you know, beating down the door to the college football playoff every year, but they are teams that like, you know, they, they feel like they did, a, you know, a good job with their internal development and the, and what they view the transfer portal for is that like, uh, you know, we did a good enough job last year and we just need, and, and the way that we'll use the portal and the liberalized, you know, rules are to, you know, just to sort of, you know, a daub of paint, a little spackle, you know, and then we're good to go. You know, and and so it's like, you know, that's the contrast. And then I get to Washington, right? Washington was the number 70 ranked defense last year. And like, and and everybody agreed and everybody's cutting Kalen DeBoer a bunch of slack on that one because everybody understood that like Jimmy Lake left him nothing in the, you know, bare cupboard, right? You know, that left a bunch of injured walk-ons at defensive backs. It was like, look, we understand Kalen, but you just had this great season in 2022. You know, we're all expecting you to strike while the iron is hot and say, yeah, everybody come to Seattle, you know, rebuild this defense. We're we're doing great things here, you know, And, and instead, you know, he, he, his like roster management strategy over the off season was, you know, more like what Georgia and Ohio state, North Carolina and Texas tech did, you know, it, it was the daub of paint hint to spackle, you know, like, like, Oh, we're fine. We just need a little patch up here. They, they got like one, I'm not joking about this. This was the defensive tra- additions that they made. They got one division two defensive end who hasn't really played. They got USC's worst linebacker, uh, like, which is like, that's saying something. Um, and, and they got the, uh, the, the cornerback from Oklahoma state who I mentioned, who's, you know, not bad, but they needed more of them, you know, like the, the you know, uh, Oh, and a Juco cornerback. Uh, it's like, that's it. You know, they, they needed to get like a dozen dudes and, and they got like three and a half, like, uh, it's just like, dude, you know, why did you pursue uh, uh, everything is just fine strategy when everything was very clearly not fine? Yeah, maybe it, maybe they just maybe they just had overconfidence in, in their offensive ability. Man. Well, I mean, that's paid but, off for them. I, but, I think but then again, they, 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 I feel like last year they were taking more people by surprise because people weren't expecting Washington to be as good as they were last year. And I mean, so I, I think. I mean, at least at least I wasn't. I, I wasn't expecting Washington to be as good as they were last year. It took me by surprise, and I. It didn't really surprise me super much. Be well, it. I, I thought. I mean, it, I don't know how relevant any of this is, but I'll, I'll, I'll 
do it briefly. I was not super surprised because I had studied Kalen DeBoer's teams at Fresno because, you know, Oregon opened the season at Fresno. And in fact, in the middle of the 2021 season, I actually said out loud before Jimmy Lake was fired, I said out loud on a podcast, when Jimmy Lake is inevitably fired, I sure hope Washington doesn't hire Kalen DeBoer. I'm really afraid of his passing system. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I think three days later, they beat you. Well, thanks a lot for that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like this was it was before Jimmy Lake got fired and before they beat UCLA. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, man. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, and, and you know the the thing that sort of you know this didn't like surprise. I don't know if this is the right word. It's just uh, it. Uh, this it was. It, I guess I'll put it this way. I was happily surprised that Michael Penix didn't get injured. Like the thing that uh, you know, in my 2022 preview of Washington, it was all every year that Michael Penix plays, Michael Penix gets hurt, and so let's talk about what the backup quarterback situation is. If he stays healthy, I think he's a very good passer, but it's never happened, and so we need to talk about the quarterbacks, or excuse me, the backups. But then he stayed healthy and they had a really great season. And so my my preview was sort of it, it was a little off point because it was yeah. sort of I don't know how good he can be because he always gets hurt. And then he didn't hurt. get hurt, which is like, hooray, that's wonderful. Like I, I he wears purple and that's gross. But like, I'm, I'm never rooting for kids. Well, I mean, hurt. we, we said we, we said that before in the previous podcast yeah. that you you, you want to pull for the guy so bad, except yeah. for the jersey he's wearing. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, in that sense, I guess I was surprised, but it's a happy surprise. And like, I guess my article was a little off point, but that's just because like it had literally never happened before that he yeah. played an entire season without a catastrophic season. Well, I mean, you know, Bo, Bo, so Nick, like, Bo Nix had never played behind a proper offensive line. Yeah, and yeah, all of a yeah. sudden he did. And then we right. saw what happened then. So yeah, was, although I did, I did make that prediction. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I think you and me were the only one that had his back when he came here, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man. So, um, the, uh, anyway, uh, setting that the question of who saw that one coming aside or, or, and setting aside the question of like, why would, uh, DeBoer's staff be so complacent about their defense? Like, I don't, I can't answer. I'm a mind reader. All I can say is that they clearly were like, they, they clearly thought that, you know, what they had was adequate. Um, or, or e either that, or they thought they couldn't do any better, you know, because they, either way, they didn't really try. Um, and, uh, and as to your speculation about like, they, they thought it wouldn't matter. Uh, or or it hasn't actually mattered that has been true to date you know like they their offense has been has has been to the point that teams have not really made them pay um for 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 not i think really having you know like in some metrics they they, they show up as having a high quality defense i've actually watched them i don't really think that's true you know i will when i publish my article you can watch the film clips and you can evaluate for yourself like i don't i don't really think it's true that they have you know a high quality offense i think they've improved off of last year because it's no longer you know entire like the the defensive backfield is no longer entirely peopled with injured walk-ons and so <laughs> like of course it's better than last year like that was in you know like it was never like if if last year it, in 2022 it was the number 70 ranked defense if they were just healthy 
you know, and they had like one more like actual scholarship caliber, like mid three star cornerback. It probably would have been more like in the mid fifties. That's still not a good defense. Um, and it still would have been one that I would have said you need to overhaul this defense. I mean, hell, Oregon finished at number uh, like in the low 40s, high 50s, depending on which metric you're looking at. Um, and Oregon overhauled its defense. Right. Yeah. You know, as, as every Oregon fan knows, because every Oregon fan, you know, knows like this isn't good enough to win a national championship. So well, you that's can... I mean, that's where it all started, at least at least for me right. last year. When I went on that 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 tirade after they yeah. lost to Washington that they needed. Yeah, to make it's like you need to defense. you need to overhaul this. Yeah. So like I so like even if if Washington were in the 50s, I would be saying exactly the same thing which is you needed to overhaul this defense and you didn't so boo um uh but you know i it was i, I guess what i'm also saying is 70 was a, a pro instead of mid 50s was a product of of nothing but walk-ons and injuries in in their defensive backfield the fact that it's not nothing but walk-ons and they've been so far healthy in their defensive backfield is it pretty much explains their defensive improvement, but then it's sort of, in my opinion, sort of capped out, you know, at that, uh, at that point, because this, you know, their defense now is where their defense last year would have been if they were just healthy and had one more scholarship player, because their defense is identical to last year's if it were healthy and had one more scholarship player. That's just literally yeah. what it is, you know? So, uh, I mean, it's the same coordinator, it's the same structure, it's the same personnel, you know, except for those two things that I said, uh, like, yeah, so of course it is. And, and the only difference is we only have five games worth of data on them as opposed to 13, um, you know, and, and the five games worth of data that we have on them are, are sort of, it's not a, co a complete data set against a whole range of offenses. Um, and, 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 you know, in particular against like quarterbacks who can see over the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, was, that, was that yet another shot at Arizona there? <laughs> Sorry, kid. I guess I have a bias against short quarterbacks. I've said that before. Any, anyway, um, uh, 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 you know, so, 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 uh, you know, I, and even then, you know, like, look, man, the other thing about their, their defensive efficiency numbers, like once you control for garbage time, like their defensive pass efficiency is not a lot better. It's 51.8%, you know, meaning opponents succeed on whatever that is 48.2%, which is like, it still means that opponents are underwater going up against them. But like, look, man, if, if, if Tulsa, Michigan state and Cal are, are only a little underwater going up against your pass defense, that's, that's bad. Like, um, yeah, you know those teams ought to be operating significantly underwater, going a big, uh, up against you. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, they're they're you know decent at limiting yards per play, but like they're still allowing like fifteen percent um, explosiveness. You know, uh, outside of um, uh, you know outside of garbage time, um, which is like average. You know, like they they kind of give up explosive plays. And remember, I am excluding garbage time. Like for all the people who are like, hey, I know that Cal put up points on us. That was only at the end of the game. You know, you, you shouldn't pay attention to that. I don't pay attention to that. I exclude that stuff as garbage time. You know, yeah. or for like... Well, I, 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 point, I pointed that out about Oregon's defense against Colorado. 
I was yeah. like, that was that was 100% garbage time. And so if you you know if you look at the actual competitive part of the game, we completely shut out Colorado. But like, you know, look at Drive Three uh, uh, for for Cal, you know, versus uh, you know Drive Drive Three for Cal versus Washington opens up the defensive pass interference flag for 15 yards because of course it does. Uh, you know, uh, then it's some efficiency, uh, an efficiency run, a couple of uh, uh, dumb efficiency passes because Cal don't get me started. But then it's a 16 yard a uh, uh, pass. Um, uh, 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 um, and, and, and the two incomplete passes, and then a 27-yard pass. Uh, it was a, it was a crosser to of all people, Taj Davis, uh, the defector from Washington. And like the crosser is really bad. It's a man beater route um, where like multiple different, like three different Washington defenders have the opportunity to come off their man coverage once the pass is caught. And just be like, I don't have to robotically follow my dude once the ball is caught. I can come off this coverage and tackle the guy. And they just don't. They're like, but I am programmed to follow my man. Like, <laughs> and just and and just watch the guy like run 27 years. Like, it, the ball is caught behind the line of scrimmage. And then he runs and it's a crossing route, right? So he's, he, you know, he, he goes past the line of scrimmage, dips a little behind the line of scrimmage and then proceeds to run 27 yards, catch the ball, proceeds to run 27 yards downfield while multiple Washington defenders are staring at him like, and then running at him slowly, you know, cause they're not the most talented dudes in the world. Yeah. Um, cause Jimmy Lake didn't recruit talented dudes and Kalen DeBoer has not been backfilling, uh, you know, as you know, he almost gets to the end zone. And then, and, and then the touchdown passes to Jeremiah, uh, uh, Hunter in which, uh, Oh God, it was hilarious. Uh, um, uh, uh, uh number nine, um, uh, what's his, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm blanking on, uh, the name of, uh, num- Jersey number nine for Washington, uh, Jersey number nine for Washington tries to jam him on the line in single coverage and then just fails utterly. He jams him and then sort of like, Oh no, I'm not strong enough to jam him. And so then just Jeremiah Hunter, like literally walks into the end zone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just hilarious. It's a good thing to see from our end. Yeah, and then and then the sixth drive um, for Washington's another touchdown drive for them, uh, in which there's multiple like long complete. There's three long completed passes, uh, one to Trone Grizel, who's a walk on for them for twenty yards. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, another which is on an in route which they can't defend. They they gave up multiple in breaking routes to Arizona, which like how do you not prepare for for in breaking rounds against Arizona? It's their only bread and butter play. Then the next one was an in breaking round to Jeremiah Henner for twenty. 25 yards, which is like almost literally exactly the same play. They were not prepared to defend again. And then two plays later, they throw a touchdown pass to guess who? Uh, uh, Taj Davis, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, in which again, you know, number nine tries to jam him and fails. Like, I mean, it was just hilarious. Like, uh, apparently, number nine's just not down with the jam. Yeah, exactly. Actually, the sorry, I screwed that up. This was the one in which he tries to jam him and fails. Um, the uh, the 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 previous one is it's also single coverage against number nine. Uh, he tries to strangle him. He plays him from behind, and uh, and uh, the the receiver uh, m- makes like basically a one handed catch. It was actually a really inaccurate throw, and the catch was amazing. But basically, like how 
like if he didn't catch the ball, I think the rest were going to throw a pass interference flag, but then he caught it. So they didn't care like, uh, <laughs> cause he was trying to strangle him. I mean, it was just hilarious. Uh, anywho. So it was just like, you know, Cal with a bad quarterback just throws like a bunch of like, you know, successful long passes against him, And like, and it was all meaningful plays before the game, you know, went into garbage time. Uh, like, yeah. And I mean, Arizona hit a bunch against him too. I could list all of them, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you, you can read my article. Um, like, uh, 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 yeah, man, like, you know, if, if, if you, if you can play like a little bit of D, you know, and then, so then I'm not going to recap all of the Arizona game. I think, you know, we all watched it, but it's like, if, if you can just play a little bit of defense, you know, against Washington, you know, so, uh, 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 or, or, you know, if you can play a little bit of offense against Washington, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, against their, their defense, uh, you know, you can keep up with them like uh you know and and not sort of like fold like that's all you need to do um and, and uh and that's about that uh all right i think they'll do it for us this week uh we'll we'll wrap up our, our discussion about washington uh on, on the next podcast adam i think you gotta go so you got any parting words of wisdom for us go ducks man this this should be uh a great game uh enjoy it it's time to storm seattle uh, that's a good one. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be kind of rainy in Seattle, which I, I don't know how good news that is uh, for a heavy passing offense, but it never rains on this podcast. <laughs>